We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 8th, 2019. Moving right along, next report, Donald Trump has paid about $30 million to settle child sex complaints, including a 2012 incident at Abemarle Estate in Charlottesville, Virginia. And here is the estate, the Abemarle Estate uh, at Trump, the winery. If you want to see a picture of it, it's in the PDF for this date. July 8, 2019 at contendingfortruth.com. Donald Trump has paid roughly $30 million to settle child sex complaints brought against him since 1989. According to a D.C.-based investigative journalist, Wayne Matson report describes the settlements in a January 14th through 15th post titled, Why is Trump so afraid of Cohen's testimony? This is when Cohen was getting ready to testify, that slime bag. From the article, Donald Trump con continues to lash out at his former lawyer and fixer, Michael Cohen, who is just a total devil and a perfect, perfect guy to be yoked up with. Because if you're a slime bag and a devil, don't you want to surround yourself with other slime bags and devils because your deeds are evil? Just like Jeffrey Epstein and Alan Dershowitz and all of them, birds of a feather flock together. Sure, they're all in the club. So, yeah, they're going to they're going to be, you know, found together. Um. But he, he's lashing out against Michael Cohen now as the February 7th public testimony by Cohen before the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee chaired by Representative Elijah Cummings draws near. Cohen says he wanted to give full and credible account of the events that have transpired. While Cohen will avoid certain subjects still under investigation by the Department of Justice Special Counsel Robert Mueller. And again, they could have brought all of this real stuff out. They didn't choose to, though. They just, they just chose to kind of perpetuate the kind of narrative that Trump's going to go down and Russian collusion and Mueller investigation, but nothing really ever came of any of it. And all that time and energy wasted by Trump's base on focusing in on that for like two some years or however long it was, all of it by design. You're wasting your time looking at all that garbage. They want to take up all your time. So he goes on to say... Um, let me read this last sentence again. While Cohen will avoid certain subjects still under investigation by the Department of Justice Special Counsel Robert Mueller, he may provide some insight into the types of embarrassing things he fixed, quote, fixed for Trump before they ended up in a scandalous court trial. This may include Cohen assisting Trump in paying off victims of Trump's sexual assaults over the years. The cases go way beyond those widely reported in the mainstream press. Wayne Matson report says they all go beyond cases that involve women and adults. They, and you know, he got, um, I'm pretty sure that him and Alex Jones parted ways and maybe it was over this, ultimately. They indicate Trump has a disturbing taste for children. In addition to Stephanie Clifford, a.k.a. porn actress Stormy Daniels, and former Playboy model Karen McDougal, Cohen reportedly helped settle a number of rape cases involving Trump. Wayne Matson report received a list from a reputable Republican source of these settlement claims, all of which involve male and female minors. So he, he liked to molest little boys too. Trump did. Trump used his wealth and power to silence his vulnerable underage victims. Here are a list of some of Donald Trump's children that he raped, molested, and sexually assaulted. First one, Michael Parker, 10 years old, oral rape, Marlago, his Marlago estate in Palm Beach, Florida in 1992. Oh, that was the same year that... He had those, uh, all those um, bankruptcies. Huh, I wonder if there's any correlation there. Trump paid his parents a $3 million settlement. Number two, Kelly Fuhrer, 12 years old. He paid her a $1 million settlement in 1989. Allegations of forced intercourse at the Trump Tower, New York City, New York. 
Three, Charles Bacon. Wow, Trump really does like little boys. 11-year-old little boy. $3 million they paid uh, the parents there. Allegations of oral and anal intercourse, 1994 at Trump tr Tower, New York. So he had really learned his lesson. Trump did. You know, he's just, he likes to rape little boys and, you know, sometimes in Morlago, sometimes in Trump Tower. You know, he can't help himself. And remember, we're only seeing a small fraction of what's really going on here. You could probably multiply this times a hundred, all the, the, the children that he's molested. These are just the ones that either, you know, I just, I just think this is totally underblown because you know, Jeffrey Epstein is not even the, the true scope of what that guy, I mean, the one girl said alone, she brought him like 75 girls. Most of those are, are not ever going to say anything or either they're dead or they've been disappeared or whatever. So assume the same here. Next one, number four. Rebecca Conway, 13 years old, intercourse and oral sex at the Trump Vineyard Estates in Charlottesville, Virginia. $5 million settlement in 2012. The next one, Maria Oliveira, 12 years old. Her family was paid $16 million, whoa, to settle allegations of forcible intercourse occurring in Marlago, Palm Beach, Florida in 1993. Oh yeah, it's around the same time he had all those bankruptcies. Number six, Kevin Knoll. So out of the out of the six, three of them are boys. 11 years old, Kevin Knoll. Anal rape, Trump Tower, New York, 1998, New York City. Uh, settlement details unknown on that one. Also, Katie Johnson, 13 years old, rape at Jeffrey Epstein's mansion. Oh, imagine that. But that was his mansion at 71st Street in New York City in 1994. So that both Epstein and Trump flew back and forth and they probably commingled and, and, and had their little rape parties, sometimes in Morlago, sometimes at Jeffrey Epstein's mansion, sometimes at Trump Tower, sometimes at Jeffrey Epstein's house on uh, 71st Street in New York City. So, you know. They like to, you know, they like to change their settings, you know. So some comments about this. A guy said um, that was commenting on this report, Trump can't stop tweeting, but goes silent on Katie Johnson. After 61 weeks in the White House, President Trump has found someone he won't attack on Twitter. Huh. I wonder what's going on there. Another one. Um, David, uh, he also says Trump. Trump is a child rapist. If I'm Trump and thoroughly convinced of my own innocence, the first thing I'm going to do is call for the polygraph test all the way around. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take one myself first, and then I'll challenge my accusers to do likewise. Let's see who's really telling the truth. You see Trump calling for any of that? No, he won't even attack the, the accusers in this particular case. Now, he will other ones, as we're going to see. It just depends, the, it depends on the circumstance. The next one. Um, oh, okay, so um, then this goes on to say, five of the six alleged incidents took place at two of Trump's best-known properties, Trump Tower in New York City and Mar-a-Lago in Palm Beach, Florida. The exception is incident number four, which is the most recent in 2012 that took place at Abelmarle Estate at Trump Winery. So um, Donald and Eric Trump opened the facility as a bed and breakfast in 2015. The child sex settlements might explain Trump's reluctance to disclose his tax returns. Oh, yeah, Wayne Madison reports. And the documents indicate our president is a deeply disturbed individual. 
Wayne Madison's GOP source indicated that Trump has refused to release his tax returns because they will reveal the many out-of-court settlements he has paid to silence his assault victims and their families. The list of Trump's child victims came with an interesting reference point that was apparently part of the documentation in the settlement cases. Trump was designated with a psychiatric disorder referenced in the American Psychiatric Association's Diagnostic of Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, or DSM-5, and the reference disorder regarding Trump is pedophilic disorder, which is designation F65.4. He's just a child molester from way back. Little girls, little boys, it don't matter. And who knows who else what he's done behind closed doors on good old Jeffrey Epstein's Orgy Island. And this, at the time of this, uh, when I put all this together, breaking, Trump sues Deutsche Bank and Capital One to block congressional subpoenas. He don't want them getting his tax returns. And they have that over his head. So anytime he might get a little out of line, all they got to do is say, oh, we're going to, well, maybe that's why this thing's happening with Epstein right now. I hope to God righteousness prevails, but it might be. Maybe he's done something lately, or maybe he's indicating that he's not going to go along with something. They're like, okay, well, we'll just indict Epstein, and we'll put that in front of you, and, we'll, and we're, we're going to release your tax returns. <laughs> what do you think of them apples, Trump? You're going to get back on, on, uh, on board right now? You're going to start doing what we're telling you to do? I'm not saying that's the case, but it might be. Who knows? I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But they got him so blackmailed that, you know, So yeah, this is some lighthearted information. Why? Okay, so the next report, why the, the new child rape case filed against Donald Trump should not be ignored. And this is all documents in the Doe versus Trump lawsuits, the memory hole. Here's a link to it. A woman whose identity is being protected has filed a civil lawsuit against Donald Trump and billionaire Jeffrey Epstein, a convicted child sex offender accusing them of raping her, both of them raping her. In 1994, when she was 13 years old, the mainstream media have almost unanimously been silent about this. Why would the Democrats who supposedly want Trump out of office so bad be silenced about the most, you know, the biggest thing they could ever bring out against him? No, well, we're, we're, we don't want to be that. We're, that's dirty pool. And we're, us Democrats, we have scruples. And, and we're, we're, we're not going to go there. No, no. Please, they're all on the same team. All of this infighting is theater theater they're all pushing us toward the same goal total domination new world order one world government one world religion one world financial system under antichrist and false prophet just like the bible says it's exactly why the lawsuit has gone through three litigations the original suit katie johnson versus donald j trump and jeffrey epstein i mean he's literally got lawsuits with him and jeffrey epstein on the same lawsuit Nobody's talking about it, though, in mainstream media. Nobody. Oh, that's not noteworthy. That's, that's not newsworthy. No. That was filed in California in April of 2016. Jane Doe versus Donald, Day, Donald J. Trump and Jeffrey Epstein filed then in June um, in, New York, in New York in June, June 1916. And then the second Jane Doe versus Donald, Donald J. Trump versus, and Jeffrey Epstein filed in New York at the end of September 2016 these documents were retrieved through pacer here's a link to the documents these documents were um the witness alleges donald trump raped 12 year old maria threatened 13 year old jane doe 
would disappear like Maria if she revealed she was also raped. So Don the Con, this is standard operating procedure, threatened the 13-year-old Jane Doe, and she would disappear like Maria did if she revealed she was also raped. Ah, so he's playing hardball. Tiffany Doe, one of the witnesses in the lawsuit, filed against the Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump, claimed she, she witnessed Trump raping 13-year-old Jane Doe repeatedly in 1994. Tiffany Doe also accused Trump of sexually assaulting another child, a 12-year-old girl named Maria, who evidently was disappeared. Tiffany Doe claimed, you can view the court document here, that she personally witnessed Trump raping 13-year-old Jane Doe. She claimed uh, also... She claimed she also witnessed Trump forcing 12-year-old Maria to perform oral sex on him. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of degenerate slimebag scumbag that Trump is. Yeah. That's standard operating procedure for pedophiles. She claimed that after the acts, Trump physically abused both girls. Um, so then after he physically, after he raped them, then he physically abused them. So he beat them around a little bit, you know. Toughen them up or whatever. Make them know who's boss. Good old Don the Con. According to Tiffany Doe, after raping Jane Doe, Trump threatened to harm her and her family if she revealed what happened to her. Trump also alleged, allegedly warned Jane Doe that she should never talk about what happened to her if she did not want to disappear like 12-year-old Maria did, evidently. I personally witnessed defendant Trump telling the, this is a quote, I personally witnessed defendant Trump telling the plaintiff that she should, um, that she should, uh, if she should ever say anything that she shouldn't ever say anything if she didn't want to disappear like the 12-year-old female Maria and that he was capable of having her whole family killed. So Trump would kill her whole family too. She didn't keep her mouth shut. That's what I'm saying. There's so many girls out there that Trump and Epstein have done this to that probably will never open their mouth no matter what happens. Tiffany Doe said that after she stopped working for Epstein as a party planner in 2002 when he threatened to kill her, and her family if she ever talked about witnessing child rape at his parties. So, you know, that was standard operating. Here's a picture of her at that age. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, pretty Katie Johnson, who was raped four times at age of 13 by, by future president, um, by, by future president Donald Trump. Yeah. Sorry, that's a little... I've got some of my stuff because when I when I post things, it gets pushed down on my Pete on my Word doc, and then things get jumbled up there. So now moving ahead with this court case, okay, these three court cases that were filed. Woman who says Donald Trump raped her when she was 13 abruptly cancels press conference after facing numerous threats that left her living in fear. This happened in November 2nd, 2016. This was the Daily Mail UK, a large publication. Katie Johnson, the girl we were just talking about, says that Trump raped her at a party held by Jeffrey Epstein. She claims she was lured to a sex party by pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, where she was forced into a rough role-play sex with the presidential candidate, Trump. She said that when she was 13, she met Trump after leaving her home in Oklahoma in 1994 to pursue a modeling career in New York. Oh, of course. Well, he was always in on the Miss America and all that other garbage. That's how he got a lot of his victims, I'm sure. She planned to reveal her true name and face to the media Wednesday. But she canceled at the last minute saying she faced numerous threats. Threats from Trump, like they just said before. Okay. 
And again, this is this is there's a picture over here in my PDF, pretty Katie Johnson, who was raped four times at age of 13 by future president Donald Trump. Not only did he rape her, but he beat her up afterward, roughed her up good. You know, this was between him molesting the little boys and all of the other stuff that he's doing and Jeffrey Epstein and him having just a grand old time. Uh, she canceled the last minute, though, saying she faced numerous threats. Of course, she did. Death threats. Her attorney said Katie was living in fear and too afraid to show her face. She claimed Trump and Epstein had treated her like a sex slave in 1994. Katie filed a civil suit against Trump in May. He denies the allegation. Of course he does. He's, oh, Trump's always. He's never sinned in his life. You know? Ever. So now, then it goes further. Trump's 13-year-old rape victim, uh, dramatically drops her case. Women withdraws legal claim she was assaulted at Jeffrey Epstein's sex party because obviously she's totally fearing for her life. Here's another picture of, of Trump and Jeffrey Epstein, a different one from that time period. She spoke with DailyMail.com. We have now learned that the lawyers are withdrawing the case she filed against Trump and Epstein. She withdrew her lawsuit, but not her accusations. Why? Because she's under fear of death and they're, and they're telling her we're going to kill your family too. She first sued Trump and Jeffrey Epstein under the, name, under the name Katie Johnson on April 26th in California federal court and filed an amended complaint in New York federal court in October, claiming she was subject to rape, criminal sexual acts, assault, battery, and false imprisonment. Here's the link to the report. Donald Trump, um, oh, the, here's a, this picture. Donald Trump and convicted child molester prostitute pimp Jeffrey Epstein with model Ingrid Sinhavi at a Victoria's Secret Angels party at the Laura Bell Club in New York City, April 1997. So all kind of pictures of, of Epstein and Trump together in various time periods, around the same time when the young girls are alleged to have been raped by both Trump and Epstein. So yeah, that's what you got. Here's a picture of Jeff Jeffrey Epstein's little black book. There's Trump's quote again. There's a picture of Jeffrey Epstein's Paradise Island with his weird Egyptian pyramid uh, thing there that i think has been imploded and destroyed or at least the underground part of it has been he'd fly him in on the lolita express yeah but that's what we're dealing with here that's what we're dealing with here and then you have this just happened in the last oh week or so gene e carroll e gene carroll now 75 years old whose advice column has appeared in ellie for the past 26 years alleges she was sexually assaulted by Trump following a chance encounter at a department store. This just happened in the last couple weeks. She appeared on the magazine's cover, New York, in the very same coat that she claimed she was wearing on the day in the fall in 1995 um, when she said in her memoir, Hideous Men, that she was raped by Donald Trump in a Bergdorf Goodman dressing room. And here, here she is, cover New York Magazine, and, it's, and it shows this lady with her arms crossed with this particular outfit on. She says, this is what I was wearing 23 years ago when Donald Trump attacked me in the Bergdorf Goodman dressing room and raped me. Okay. Trump spoke to the media prior to departing on Marine One on the South Lawn of the White House in Washington, D.C. Saturday as he prepared to travel to Camp David in Maryland. He said, it's totally false accusation. I don't know anything about her. Oh, this is funny. Here's a picture of you, her, her husband, and Marla Maples, your wife at the time, all having a good old time, laughing it up together. You sure look like you know her, Trump. 
It's a well-known pitcher. Well-known. Right here. He doesn't know anything. He's like Schultz on Hogan's Heroes again. He doesn't. He knows nothing. He don't know anything. Lying, fork-tongue, pathological liar, child-molesting devil is what you are. President Trump. Straight from the pit of hell you are. It's, he says it's totally false. I don't know anything about her. Yeah, right. Well, pictures speak differently. Sorry. She did not report the alleged assault to police, just like most women haven't about Trump, but did tell two friends, she said, and has kept the dress ever since. And those two friends have since come forward and, and totally validated her story. Said they did tell her that story at that exact time when it happened. I've never met this person in my life, Trump says. She's trying to sell a new book. That should indicate her motivation. It should be sold in the fiction section, said Trump. Yeah, because you've got such a stellar... Um, personal history and i believe everything you would tell me you devil the incident allegedly occurred in the fall of 1995 or sometime in the spring of 1996 and carol still has the, the coat dress she claims to have worn that day she claims trump asked her for help with a gift and then allegedly lunged at her in a dressing room before forcibly penetrating her he told her he said he, he asked her to model some lingerie he kind of was a chance meeting in the department store he knew her they were friends um, she goes over the whole thing, how it happened. And he ended up getting her to the lingerie section and getting her in a dressing room and locking the door. And that's when all this took place. He's a, it's just like Cosby. It's like Cosby. He's the same, he's the same ilk as Cosby is. So the next, the, the next report that just came out. Donald Trump is trying to gaslight us on E. Jean Carroll's account of him raping her. The president's response to the advice columnist's accusation is to make us doubt our own eyes. Donald Trump doesn't want you to believe E. Jean Carroll. Um, e. Jean Carroll. President Donald Trump deployed half a dozen ta tactics in a press conference on Friday that the abuser, that any abuser would recognize. Trump's goal was to get us to question our own eyes and discredit the columnist E. Jean Carroll, who described an encounter with Trump in the 1990s that ended in rape. According to a book excerpt that appeared in the New York Magazine, Carroll bumped into the real estate mogul Trump at Bergdorf Goodman in New York City. The two recognized each other, and they had a friendly back and forth. But then Trump became violent. Well, there was a lot more that happened in between there, but Trump became violent in the dressing room, Carroll wrote, going on to describe her rape in a dressing room. I mean, it was basically kind of like a mini skirt she was wearing, so all you would have to do is you know, pull it up or whatever. Um, I know there's more to it than that, but I'm just saying, it, it, you could definitely see with what she was wearing how that could have happened. Carol preempts her critics with some explicit concessions. She said she did not go to the police. She did not see any sales attendants around. There was no footage. Her key collaboration evidence is that she told two friends the same story at the same time and New York Magazine confirmed the account of them. And here is the report. E. Jean Carroll's friends have gone public to confirm her assault allegations against Donald Trump. Remember, she told she didn't wait until last month to tell him this. She told him this at the time. And in light of everything else we've looked at today. Now granted, if this is the only thing ever said about Trump, I wouldn't even be bringing this up. But in light of everything else we've said today, you got to believe this is true. I mean, come on. Carroll is the 22nd woman to accuse the president of sexual misconduct on the record i'm sure they're all lying you know 
Just like all of Cosby's accusers and all Jeffrey Epstein's and Weinstein's accusers. They're all lying. They're all lying like rugs. Every one of those women, right? No, they're not. Trump has denied these accusations, of course, every single one of them, and turned on the woman who've made them. As Carol puts puts in her piece, she feared joining the women who've become forward who've come forward with credible stories about how the man grabbed, badgered, belittled, mauled, molested, and assaulted them, only to see the man turn it around and deny and threaten and then attack them. Of course, that's what he does. It's obviously, we've already witnessed that over and over today in this report. Her fears came true within hours when Trump released a statement in response to the piece that attempted in several ways to gaslight anyone who read, who read Carol's account and threaten any other woman who might speak out. Meaning the gaslighting basically was, I don't even know her. I don't, I don't, I, 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 I don't, even though there's pictures of them together. Okay. I'm sure she just made this up randomly because she's got some kind of ax to grind with Trump or whatever. Like all the other rape allegations. Yeah. Right. I don't think so. Number one tactic that, um, people like this use inject doubt. I've never met this person in my life. Trump said, Oh Really? You're a lying devil. When I read this line, this is the report. When I read this line, I paused. I could have sworn New York Magazine published a photo showing Trump and Carol together. Yeah, it's the one I've got in my my report here. Maybe I misunderstood. Maybe I was wrong about what I saw. Maybe the publication pulled a fast one on me. No, I was right. The photo is clearly embedded in the story. Even if Trump didn't remember Carol, he certainly read the article and would have seen the photo of himself with her. And it's not, and it's just not true that he never met her and that you know he obviously knows her trump is deliberately putting readers on their back heels making them doubt their own eyes he is a pathological liar he has no conscience he is a sociopath or a psychopath one or the other he has no conscience guys his conscience has been seared with a hot iron he doesn't think he needs to go to jesus and ask for forgiveness for anything he, he that's how demon possessed this guy is the second tactic misdirect he says Trump says, shame on those who make up false stories of assault to try to get publicity for themselves or sell a book or carry out a political agenda. Like Julie Sweenick, who falsely accused Justice Brent Kavanaugh. Trump is trying to shift the comparison um, to Ford, uh, that Ford lady who went against Justice Kavanaugh to weaken Carol's account of him raping her, to make us hold her in less regard he's trying to give a similar example i don't believe this is a similar example at all at all but he's got to he's got to come up with all these tactics and or oh he's so good at it i mean he's had to do this for decades so he's really good at it at this point tactic number three play up irrelevant details trump says miss carroll in new york magazine no pictures no surveillance no video no reports no sales attendance around and while trump plays up these examples of non-existent non-existent evidence he doesn't address the existing collaborating evidence that 20 years ago she told two friends who remember those details to this day if he did he'd draw attention to the significant detail in her favor and he and he'd have to call out not just one successful established woman in media a liar but three rather than confront the irrelevant the relevant detail he'd rather get us to think about the irrelevant details four play the victim False accusations, this is Trump, false accusations diminish the severity of real assault. All should condemn false accusations in any actual assault in the strongest possible terms. Now, this is a this is a guy who's paid off all these families for molesting and raping, anally raping little boys, girls, 11-year-olds, 10-year-olds. This is the guy 
that's giving us a stinking morality lesson. This is the guy that has the creepiest picture I've ever seen of a then 13-year-old Ivanka Trump, his own daughter, sitting on his lap, which and he's sitting on two parrots um, fornicating, a stone statue of two parrots fornicating with his daughter wearing um, a sheer butterfly blouse with no bra underneath, looking at him like, oh, you're my lover, oh. I mean, she looks like she's drugged out of her mind. They look like they're gonna have sex in this picture. And there's so many creepy pictures of Trump and his own daughter, Ivanka. It boggles the mind how creepy that is, that one thing is. But I'm sure he's a good guy, and, and this is all false. He, he doesn't even know E. Jean Carroll, even though they're pictured together, having a good old time and laughing, and Marla Maples was there, and her husband was there too. But he, has, he doesn't remember. No, of course not. Yeah, but he's the victim. He's the victim. Remember that. And that's what he's trying to get you to get to, to think. Um... Trump wants us to feel sorry for him. It's a sleight of hand. He's attempting to get us to look at him not as the abuser, but as the victim. In turn, that makes Carol the villain. This isn't a novel. It's what abusers do. And it's something Carol specifically feared. Five, tactic five, cryptic threat of violence. Oh, imagine where, we, where have we seen him do that before? He says the world should know what's really going on. It's a disgrace and people should pay dearly for such false accusations. Oh, really, Trump? That doesn't sound like a threat or anything, right? Trump shouldn't say he wants someone, doesn't say he wants someone to hurt Carol. He doesn't say he wants his mass digital following to attack her, but the implication is there for anyone who supports him to read into it if they wish. Trump knows this. He's seen what happens to people he targets on Twitter. He can claim he didn't mean to incite anyone to violence, but he knows what he's done before. He, he's also not just warning Carol. He says people should pay dearly as in anyone who might come forward in the future. Trump wants to keep accusers afraid. So far, on more than 20 women, it hasn't worked, though. But there's probably, you know, 2,000 women or more that, you know, could come forward at this point. All right, now I'm going to totally switch gears here um, and go into a brief Ebola update. Okay, so this is just a quick Ebola update. Real, real quick. The issue with Africa and Ebola. Now we have a new player. Plague in Nigeria. Actual plague. See, they were all fired up, excited to say, yeah, we're Ebola free, but now they have an outbreak of plague. So what do we have now? We have plague. We have measles. We have dengue. We have Ebola. We have hepatitis A. It's, it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous the amount of different diseases around the world this year that have just exploded. The deaths of, from Ebola have now crossed 1,600. And the reason I brought up this map here is this is the main outbreak area down here. But look way up here in this area called Ariwara. <clears throat> they had a case. Somehow Ebola leaped from being 700 kilometers away from South Sudan to 70, literally overnight, supposedly only being transmitted if you have contact with a body. It's just insane. 
And here's, of course, an article talking about that. We're now South Sudan, an area a little bit farther to the north of Uganda, north and west of Uganda, directly north of Congo, is worried about this. It's still going on, and nothing they're doing is stopping it. That's the terrifying part. I mean, it's not, you know, the deaths aren't in the millions yet, but when you can't stop it, they're saying now it's just a matter of time before it gets off the continent. Oh, it's already off the continent. <laughs> they're making sure they're bringing them over here, which we will segue into the next report. Center for Immigration Studies finds surge of 35,000 more African migrants moving through Panama en route to U.S. According to the Center for Immigration Studies, 35,000 more African migrants are currently in Central America en route to the United States. Word of the hundreds of successful entries into the U.S. this year by Congolese migrants spread quickly. And now, I'm sure with the help of George Soros and his minions, getting them over here, which obviously they're the ones doing it, now a surge of Africans and Middle Easterners are in Panama en route to the U.S. The African migrants who were dumped in San Antonio recently were also seen holding wads of $100 bills. I'm sure that they just got that through the sweat off their brow and they just saved that money up in, in Africa. And they, had, they all have rolls of hundreds coming in. It just magically appeared in their wallets. No wonder why tens of thousands of Africans are on their way to the U.S. A freelance journalist in Central America and a Mississippi-based nurse who has worked for years in Panama, both told the Center for Immigration Studies that a surge is currently underway, the likes of which we've never seen. We have no idea who these migrants are. We have no idea what types of diseases they are carrying uh, or if they're dangerous terrorists. Like the proverbial bulge in the belly of the snake, unusually high numbers of non-Latino invaders, obviously not from Central America, are now reportedly passing from Colombia through Panama on their way to the U.S. southern border. Their numbers range to the tens of thousands whose vanguards we have already seen in the U.S. southwest border in recent months. They are coming from uh, Cameroon, Ghana, Congolese, which are the ones with really the risk of Ebola, Haitians, Cubans, and some from the Middle East. Word of their successful entries in the United States this year clearly reached home countries because now swelling numbers as much as 35,000. So they've put those those posts all over the planet in third world countries. Come one, come all. Get your free everything. Come to America and we're going to give it all to you. You know, we want to destroy this country as soon as possible. And this is how we're going to do it or a big way we're going to do it. So that's what's going on now. Then it goes on to give the actual specifics of these two witnesses you can click on that if you want to know more. They're, they're the real deal. Last week, two groups of African migrants from Ebola-stricken Congo were seen rafting into Mexico from Guatemala. According to reports, the African migrants have now dispersed across the U.S. and now tens of thousands are on their way more. 35,000 at least. And then it says, President Trump better act quickly to shut down the border to stop this invasion. And I put LOL. Yeah, he, any second he's going to shut it down any second you know we've proven that today he can be trusted i'm gonna switch gears totally again flu vaccine contains 25,000 times more mercury than is legally allowed in drinking water only 25,000 times more come on what's our hang up and they're just injecting it straight into the bloodstream bypassing all other natural routes what could possibly go wrong of this neurotoxin being directed, injected directly in your bloodstream. Come on. 
This, this, this starts by, out by saying, in case you missed it, recent lab tests conducted at Natural News Forensic Food Lab found that seasonal flu vaccines, which are pushed on virtually everyone these days, including young babies, pregnant women, and the elderly, contain outrageously high levels of neurotoxic mercury. Vials of batch, of batch flu vaccine produced by British pharmaceutical giant GlaxoSmithKline, or GSK, were found to contain upwards of 51 parts per million of mercury, or 25,000 times the legal maximum for drinking water established by the Environmental Protection Agency. The shocking discovery was made using advanced mass spectrometry technology with incredible accuracy, filling the gap left by the nation's regulatory agencies that have failed to conduct this type of safety testing themselves because they don't care and they don't want you to know. They want you to die. Millions of people are injected with flu vaccines annually. And most, and again, now you get your microchip too because they're, they're doing the scans of people that get the flu vaccines and they're finding, oh wow, you got a microchip there too. In fact, it's giving off signals and we could scan that and we could find that out. Isn't that, isn't that neat? So you get, you get chipped and you get your mercury and all the other garbage in the flu vaccines. All in one fell soup, a nice satanic con concoction. Plus, you get your microchip so they can track you wherever you go. And then they can activate that and do whatever they've got, you know, planned for those microchips. I mean, only God knows. Uh, let's go further here. So million, million, millions of people are injected with flu vaccines annually, and most of them are completely unaware that one of the most toxic metals to man is being implanted directly into their muscle tissue unabated with a microchip with all the other garbage. Mercury is one of the most poisonous substances known to mankind, explained Dr. Brownstein, a board-certified family physician and holistic medicine specialist on his blog. For over 20 years, I've been testing nearly every patient I've seen in my office for heavy metal contamination. I have found that over 80% of my patients, both healthy and sick, have mercury toxicity. Oh, there you go. I mean, who knows how many people that's killed off or making sick, death, dead, or dying. Hmm? I mean, who, who can even imagine? Pregnant women, young children, and elderly are all encouraged to line up for their flu injections with their mercury. I want mine with extra mercury, please. And a side of formaldehyde. And maybe aborted babies, please? I mean, can't, why can't you request your, your, your devil death concoction? I mean, come on. I think they need to, you know, customize these things. Presenting this type of concrete, I mean, it's not funny, but I'm just saying, it, it's, it's so insane. It's like, you, you can't even comprehend the level of evil that this country and this world has degenerated into. Presenting this type of concrete data which contradicts the official government position on vaccines, has sparked many venomous attacks from pro-vaxxers who insist that mercury is completely safe. Yeah, they really know their science well. Either, either that or they claim that mercury is no longer being used in vaccines, which is a detestable lie that continues to, to harm the most vulnerable among us, including innocent children. You can see for yourself on the official drug insert for flu Laval, the flu vaccine evaluated by Natural News, that the vaccine does still indeed contain mercury. All this is being done by design and purpose to kill us off, sick and make us sick. And then, and I know I've, I've said this before in recent times, but I'm just going to reiterate this briefly here. Planned Parenthood aborted babies are being used to make 27 different vaccines. Yes, Planned Parenthood aborted babies are being used to make 27 different vaccines. 27 vaccines, in fact, hundreds more on the way, contain some form of aborted human fetal tissue, whether it be cellular debris, protein, or DNA. 
Beyond those vaccines aforementioned, these include vaccines for measles, mumps, rubella, chickenpox, polio, shingles, Ebola, <clears throat> which is the one, you know, we had talked about that one before, HIV, tuberculosis, malaria, and influenza, which is flu vaccine. And sad to say, most parents have no idea that these ingredients are being injected into their children. The shorter answer as to why this material is being used to make vaccines is that it makes it, supposedly makes it easier for testing, supposedly, and gives them higher effectiveness. But the outcome is the same regardless. The leftover components of abortions are being direct, are being injected directly into children's bodies just as they have been for several decades and contrary to popular belief these cell lines are not immortal nor do they persist they must be continually be replenished or replaced in order for vaccines to work which means more aborted babies in order to obtain the best specimens for specific cell lines in fact sometimes several dozen aborted babies must first be hacked up and tested in order to find the right one yeah that's what's going on guys next report heroic canadian chiropractor fined $100,000 and stripped of her license for posting the truth about vaccines a canadian a canadian medical committee has ordered a chiropractor to pay $100,000 for sharing any vaccine news on social media the ruling publicized thursday orders dr dina churchill of halifax to pay nova scotia college of chiropractors for quote professional misconduct after she shared her personal views that vaccinations could be harmful. Okay, because we, we're living in, you know, the land of the free home of the brave. I understand this is Canada, but, you know, all this is coming to America and it's coming worldwide. You're, you're just, you won't be able to put out any kind of truth. Dr. Churchill conduct, Dr. Churchill's conduct brought the profession of chiropractic into disrepute, the committee wrote. Oh my, oh the humanity. The college maintained social media posts Dr. Churchill made in 2018 were an egregious breach of the National Chiropractic Association guidelines which reportedly other order chiropractors not to discuss vaccines in any capacity. Now, you'll never you'll never get this chiropractor to shut his mouth. Not while I'm still drawing breath, baby. I don't think so, but I let my license go, so, you know, whatever. But this is what they want to do to everybody. They want to just pigeonhole everybody, take away your income, take away everything, so that you can't be a voice of truth out there at all. This is so sickening that a chiropractic, the chiropractic association would do, would do this, and I'm sure being pressured by the medical to do this. I'll tell you, the one I went to, Life Chiropractic College, they were very against vaccines. Now, I don't know if they are now, but I'm telling you, they were very, very vocal about it at the time. And I still hope they are. Um, and I do think they are because that Dell Bigtree was in Atlanta recently. I'm pretty sure he was at life doing that. So I think that, you know, thank God it hasn't got that bad here yet. But you can't discuss vaccines in any capacity if you're a chiropractor in Canada, evidently. It's an egregious breach. You can't tell them that there's 27 that are cultured off aborted babies. Can't tell them about the mercury or the formaldehyde, which is embalming fluid, or all of the other, the squalene and all the other garbage that they do to the vaccines, or the potential for microchips that they're injecting into you. The explosion of autism and Asperger's and all of these syndromes that have happened since the modern day cancer and, and all of these things, 
all these brain-damaged children from the vaccines. Can't say anything about that. That's an egregious breach. No, because you are of your father the devil and of his works you will do. You defend Satan. That's why you do what you do. Dr. Churchill was was responsible for social media posts outside her scope of practice, which were harmful to the public, the committee wrote. She might have caused a few children not to get vaccines. Oh, the humanity. What worst thing on the planet could we possibly have than that? She should have been publicly executed. I'm serious. 30 days in the electric chair for all to see. I think, I mean, I think that's bare minimum what she should have got. And yet she was defiant of regulators and refused to delete certain posts. The committee also noted that Dr. Churchill refused to bend to pressure, maintaining her personal views are her personal views and that she does not retreat from those views that vaccines can cause harm. And that's her right to do that. The entire matter could have been avoided if Dr. Churchill deleted offending posts from her social media account. The committee admits adding she refused. Uh, This woman's got moxie. She's got a backbone. And boy, is she paying for it. Dr. Churchill has has been found guilty of the charges that have been filed against her. The The hearing committee wrote, After taking her finances and health into consideration, the committee decided to just allow Dr. Churchill to just pay $100,000 over the course of 10 years, maintaining that if she didn't pay at least a total of $30,000 by January 2nd of 2022, she'd have to pay the total amount in full, I guess right then. Yeah, what are you going to do? Debtor's prison? In a Facebook post Friday, Dr. Churchill thanked the CBC for its coverage of her story because I guess the, I think the Canadian broadcast, whatever, they they brought they posted her story. Doctor D, Doctor Dina Churchill, um, and this is this is her her Facebook post. She said, "Thank you to the CBC for keeping us up to date on the hearings. Thank you, and this I don't understand to the Nova Scotia Chiropractic College for this investigation. I don't understand that part because it said that they must she must pay the Nova Scotia College of Chiropractors." for professional misconduct after she shared her personal views of vaccination could be harmful. Why would she be thanking them? That I don't understand, but anyway. My sincere hope is that my example will awaken more of the public to control, to the control and the manipulation of the medical industrial complex. It has been an emotional year giving away my, she had to give away her chiropractic practice, having to sell my home and move in with my mother for Facebook posts. On something that's totally verifiable, that anybody that does any kind of research can find out, there's been most gigantic cover of cover up about vaccines and the, their wicked, evil nature. But she has to give away her chiropractic practice, sell her home, move in with her mother who's been healing through cancer. How's she going to pay off this hundred thousand dollar thing? But the article is perfectly correct in that I have no remorse. And that I would do it all over again if I had the opportunity. That is a woman with some serious, serious backbone and convictions. God bless her. And I pray if she's not saved, her soul be saved. Because God could do mighty things with her. I could send it a condition set out by the college to be able to surrender my license and halt the... She had to surrender her license, halt the price tag, to, and to halt the 
price tag of a further investigation. So in other words, it could have been a lot worse. She had to give up her practice. She had to give up her license. She had to sell everything, sell her home, and move in with her mother. That's all she had to sacrifice for just some Facebook posts. That's all. Boy, I tell you, if this don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. Vaccines are dangerous. Educated people know this. And if they study the research, anti is a word used to divide the population. I'd encourage you to be vaccine informed. Amen. Silencing us doctors in any discipline is against the charter of rights and freedoms. And to silence us when we are trying to relate dangers to the public based on research is criminal. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, I mean a devil from the pit of hell, and the provincial health ministers have heard my concerns, but now that the media but now that the media has tainted my credentials and character, they need to hear from you as well. Thank you to the friends and the family who provide support. Thank you, CBC Nova Scotia, for the publicity. Thank you, Nova Scotia Chiropractic College, for helping put this issue on the map. I don't understand that part. But but greatest of all, thank you to the parents of the vaccine-injured children who have come forward to lend their thanks to my voice. You are my strength and my inspiration. Let's do this together. The health of our next generation rests upon your certainty and intention. P.S. With deepest love and gratitude for your messages to which will eventually be reply, we are all in this together. Keep sharing the message of being vaccine informed and informed consent. The truth is priceless. Okay. I mean, wow. Switching gears again. Coming to your country, China ranks good and bad citizens with social credit system. And this is what we just talked about. We're segueing from this. this you, you see how they're penalizing her. For, for her thoughts, thought crime now, okay? Can't say anything about that. We can't, we can't prove it wrong. We know vaccines are wicked and evil. We know they're cultured off aborted babies for a, a huge uh, percentage of the time, but you can't say any of that because we're Satan and we say so. So coming to your country, China ranks good and bad citizens with their social credit score. And this is from my listener, John. He said, P.S., this is exactly what gang stalking is all about in the United States. And he's, he's gang stalked constantly, my listener here. In China, they do it publicly out in the open. Here, Google is responsible for targeting of millions. They work with law enforcement and the state to go after guys like me. You see the screen in public, the screen in public, if you jaywalk and your face is going up on the lo local jumbotron in China, in the local square for being a bad citizen and not supporting the party. That's how insane it is in China. And that's what they want to bring here. Chinese social scoring like that. They're bringing it, they are bringing it here. That's why they're shutting down social media and all the other avenues where we can get our voices out because this is so egregious and so insane. They don't want any dissenting voices because it's so wicked. I'm going to play this video here. They're constantly monitored by facial recognition cameras that are able to instantly put a face to a name. They're showing people walking around in China and they're constantly monitoring everybody walking around with facial recognition. And they're showing that these cameras working in real time. They put a little box around your face with a number. And, and everybody's constantly being tracked in China. Now the Chinese are also ranked. 
given a mark out of a possible 950 points. A score in the 700s is considered good, around the 500 mark is not. For now, the number is a sort of bank credit rating, keeping track of everyone's spending habits. I think being ranked is a good thing. A society has to have rules. See, he's, he's just one of the many brainwashed minions that are going along with this like sheep. It forces us to be well behaved. <laughs> it may seem scary, but it's oh, just like wow. that here. We're used to it. And anyway, we don't have a choice. Oh. But in an effort to keep all of its subjects in line, Beijing is taking the system a step further. See, this is what they want here. They want everybody doing, saying the exact same party line what they're saying in china communist china atheistic god-hating communist china be a good little slave submit to your 1984 george orwellian brave new world that we're going to bring to you not me 2020 it's aggregating data gathered by banks private companies and the state to rate if someone's a good or bad citizen by using the most data possible, the so-called big data, the system will play an important role in rebuilding a moral society. A moral, yeah. The state will... They're amoral there. They, if you get out of line, you end up getting disappeared into their into their uh, re-education camps. And if you're um, of a... Uh, if you're desirable, trait-wise, well, guess what? You're disappeared again because they like your organs. And they're going to harvest those organs. It's it's a gigantic, gigantic problem over there. Okay, disappearing people, harvesting their organs, disappearing Christians, Falun Gong, and other dissidents, harvesting. And guess what, guys? Just like I've said before, when they harvest your organs, they got to do it alive. Because they can't kill you and harvest organs. They got to get you while you're alive. And they don't use anesthesia. This is being done all over the world. It's being done in the United States. So I, so I tell my listeners, don't sign that organ donor card. You don't know what you're doing. You wind up in the hospital. Oh, wow, I don't know. We, we don't know what happened. I'm telling you. Over every detail of a person's life with a fine-tooth comb, a financial situation, spending habits, career, even behavior on social media. Criticizing the government online or displaying outward signs of wealth is a no-no. On the other hand, praising the party or giving blood increases your social credit. Xiao Wen Wang is a model citizen. She lives in Nanjing, a testing ground for social ranking. Married with a child, she has a job in a retirement home, no debts, and she wouldn't dream of jaywalking. <laughs> As a good citizen, I respect the rules of the road. If I didn't, I'd lose points on my social credit. In theory, everything can be taken into account in the social score, even the most innocuous errands like supermarket shopping. When Xiao Wen Wang makes an electronic payment, her purchases tell the state a lot about her. Buying cigarettes would count against her. On the other hand, nappies show she's an attentive mother. Nappies are like wet wipes or diapers. Really? So they're watching everything you're buying. Don't think they're not doing it right now as well. That's why I say, try whatever you can. Don't use their system. Use cash whenever you can use it. Make yourself the smallest, hardest target to hit. Beer could indicate alcoholism. Should be better off buying water. <laughs> wow. In this pilot city of 8 million people, there are only 18,000 model citizens. For Xiaowen Wang, there are perks to be had. 
such as paying half price for the bus. Oh I get discounts for all public services, even at museums, and the library is free for me, thanks to my school. A good school brings benefits, but people with low scores lose rights. The cinema names and shames people considered untrustworthy. So they, they're just, they've got them up on the jumbotrons everywhere, that whoever they consider untrustworthy. They're showing their pictures to shame them. Public shaming is another big thing they do over there. Details, even their addresses across big screens. It's a matter of principle. Those people have to be condemned. I mean, these are people, and it reminds me a lot of, of, of the way Americans are turning into as well. Especially the liberal left. What they're willing to justify and condone. They sound a lot like these people. You know, it's it's really scary, the mass demon possession that I'm seeing take place on a global scale where, you know, good is called evil and evil is called good. And the Bible says, woe to them to call evil good and good evil. And But that's just the norm now. It really is. Those people aren't honest, so they have to pay the price. Ugh. It's only right to pay your debts. You have to blacklist those that don't. So every single person they're interviewing is going along with this and saying it's a wonderful thing. This is how brainwashed these people are. The Supreme Court. And they're, and, and they're, and, you know, they're judge and jury too. They don't even know if any of the stuff against those people is even real. But they're the judge and jury. They're all sanctimonious and smug and proud, pride-filled in their own sense of whatever. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'm better than them. Look at them. They, they need to be punished. They're, they're bad people. I'm a good person. Has created a blacklist for so-called bad citizens. Those whose ratings have dropped to zero. On it are companies, but also 23 million people to date. Among Ugh. them is this journalist, Liu Hu. He got a little too close to uncovering corruption among high-profile party members. Oh, little too close. Like what I was doing today with Trump? A little too close to covering corruption? Oh, that's why his social, social scores are zero. Oh, has nothing to do. He's probably a great guy. Probably he's, he's got 10 times more integrity than the average Chinese person. But see, no, no, we have to make an example of him because Satan says he's bad. Therefore, he is bad. After being sued for defamation by the subject of a story he'd written, he was blacklisted. He only realized when he tried to buy a train ticket and was told he was banned from traveling. That tells me I'm still on the blacklist. Punished because he'd been branded untrustworthy by the state. <laughs> oh. Once you're blacklisted, you can no longer get a bank loan, start a business, buy an apartment, or even send your children to a private school. You, who is among a tiny minority of people who have dared to criticize the system, which some are calling a digital dictatorship. You think? I worry because I think many people like me will be deprived of individual freedoms. You already are being deprived of individual freedoms. And all of us will live with restrictions of one kind or another. After our meeting, Yu Hu learned that his name had been removed from the blacklist, but he still has a long way to go if he doesn't want to languish at the bottom of the social credit hierarchy. Well, I got news for it. I'd rather be dead than live that way. Next video. This one's social, China's social credit system has caused more than just public shaming. So, 
I'm gonna interpret some of this. She's saying, let's talk to these people. So she's this woman, random woman's going around talking to people, and, and these guys are just chilling out. These two old guys, that, and she's asking them, you know, oh yeah, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Huh? Huh? Oh, you found some sunshine, right? You can dive up high outside. Joe Ine is retired, but when her town was brought into a new government program, her services were required. And then she's just talking to more of these ladies. They're like in this little glass thing. She said, oh, you in here to stay warm? And they're like, yes. Now she gets paid about 50 bucks a month to watch and record the lives of her 3,000 neighbors. Ah, as one of six she's a little, she's a little good little brown shirt Nazi going around with her little book documenting everything, making notes about these specific. So reporting back to Big Brother government so that they can, you know, monitor everyone and, uh, you know, make sure that all of this is being compiled into a database. So this is like another, uh, like boots on the ground type of tactic that they're using to keep all of the slave chattel make sure that they're on their best behavior 24 7. so-called information collectors information collectors. china started piloting its social score system in 2015 in villages like this one here's how it works you start with a thousand points if you do something bad you get points docked if you do something good and you happen to be spotted you get a boost <laughs> Every, every, she says every uh, month in the community, I hear about these good people doing good deeds. I write it down. These journals filled with tales of neighbors helping old people or seen leaving trash in hallways end up in a local office. A government employee gives each entry a score. The results go public. Uh. So this guy found a wallet and he turned it in. Which is the right thing to do, obviously. I mean, it's the right thing to do. Um, and the owner made a silk banner to thank him, which is nice. I'm not saying that's not nice. But the thing is, is this is all being done under the guise of perpetuating this big brother system. On top of that, he got this didn't pocket the money he found trophy. Oh, he got a he didn't pocket the money found trophy. That's a it's a unique trophy. Raising his score could mean more money later with lower interest loans and discounts on utilities and rent. So they're finding neighbors are getting very long, very well. There are no fights. Not at all. No, life is good. There's no reason to fight. Everybody's so terrified of, of Big Brother and their neighbor ratting them out. Sure, they're not going to fight. Wang Fengbo thinks the system isn't just about the points. It works because people want to save face. There's one, guy that, there's one guy that likes to drink. He beat up his wife when he got drunk. He even cracked her head, which I'm not for, obviously. Although this is a family issue, it's a bad influence. So we deduct points. He found me and he said, you shouldn't put my family fight on that, on your score. 
They care about their image. So see how they're they're justifying it? They're, they're, they're going to use these examples of, see, we have to do this. Look at the good fruit it's producing. If you write about their good deeds, people are proud of it. If you write about the bad things, they're ashamed. They have kids that can see this. But the program is more than just public naming and shaming. If someone slips below a thousand points, even just a little, there are serious consequences. So he's at 950. I guess you can go to these computer kiosks and find out exactly what your score is on a given day. And um, this guy's saying if you want to buy a plane ticket or other high-end products. Or apply, for, or apply for loans, it won't be possible. If, if your score's too low. Yeah, co-signed a loan for a friend who later skipped out. He paid his share, but the local court didn't care. So, let me say that again. He co-signed a loan, and the Bible says to not be surety for any man. That means a co-signer. That's why I never co-sign a loan for anybody. Because that's surety. And if they skip out on it, then you're responsible. Well, in this case... He paid his half of the loan, okay? He paid it. The other guy skipped out, but it didn't matter. They didn't care because he got hit with, with all the, I'm sure the other guy did too, but he got hit with all the bad stuff. I went to the city of Zuba the other day. It was a summer holiday, so the coach class train tickets were sold out. So I tried to purchase a ticket in first class. But I was told my credit was too low, even because of this co loan he co-signed. Even though he paid it off, now his credit's too low to buy first-class tickets. I couldn't get a train. I couldn't get a train back either. So I had to take the bus. With a high-speed train, it was three to four hours. Well, the bus, it took me more than 10. Four million people have been blocked from buying high-speed train tickets over low social credit, and more than 11 million from buying flights. Everyone stand in line. They're all, they're all coming to this place for some reason. We're going to see in a second here. To raise his score, Zhang gets in line at a local community office to donate money the government says will go to charity. Oh, yeah. Okay. So here's the, here's the next scam. You come into our government office and donate money to our charity, and we'll raise your credit score back up. Because we're not too evil. Okay, sorry, I had some technical difficulties there. Yeah, so you got to get in line to donate to the government charity uh, in order for you to get back in the good graces of Satan. You know, the, the communist Chinese government. So this is your way of showing you're contrite and repentant. Says we'll go to charity. Huh. Please. Oh, he's donating 500. 500. Um... So that's, you know, 50 bucks, I guess. Some people donated $143. They're doing it in there, and some 86 and some 72. I'm sure all this money's going toward a good cause. They all get points for doing this. John keeps track of his social score closely, but 
he doesn't keep track of where his donations end up. So he says, I've donated my blood, money, volunteer work, to increase my credit score. The system might have caused him to suffer, but Zhang is unwavering in his support for the government's push to oh, score him. Man, I tell you, these people are so brainwashed. It's so sickening. Only through the system can we discipline those who can't discipline themselves. He's being totally... He's having the screws put to him because this other guy welched on this debt and he's still praising it. That's how brainwashed they are. By 2020, China... I mean, these people, I hate to say it, they're going to beg for the mark of the beast. They are, unless they get saved. And I pray to God they get saved. But they're going to beg for the mark of the beast because they're just going to come in. Big Brother's going to come in and say, hey... You got to do this. This is for the greater good. This is for, do you understand where this is all going? This is all leading up to them begging for the mark of the beast and thinking they're, they're being a good global citizen. This is all proof of that. It's to track, rate, reward, and punish all of its citizens. Essentially turning every personal experience into a transaction. Not that John- So he's checking to see if his ID works now after he's done all of this stuff to get back in the good graces of big brother government. He's got his high score back. Oh, yeah. Yes, you can buy tickets now. At least for now. After doing all such good deeds like donations and such to gain points, I can now buy high-speed train tickets. I'm finally a normal person. Isn't that wonderful? warms your heart doesn't it does mine i don't know last report pray for tommy robinson i'm going to jail i'm going to jail for confronting a convicted muslim pedophile and he's probably going to die there this time if he goes in unfortunately unless god intervenes yeah i'll be going to jail next week for asking a muslim convicted muslim pedophile how he feels about his sentence and the, let's get the facts the facts are, I was not tried today, no matter what all the media say, with causing prejudice or jeopardizing the trial. That, was not, that wasn't the charge. The charge was, I caused anxiety to the Muslims by asking them mm -hmm. questions. He, yeah. he caused anxiety to the devil Muslim pedophiles that like to rape little girls and little boys and goats and camels and whatever other kind of farm animal they like and generally mutilate their daughters and commit all manner of evil and wickedness but he offended them and their little sensibilities. So he's gonna go to jail and most likely this time he will die in jail and he's even saying that because the Muslims are, are filling up everything. And the last time he barely, barely survived in there. They made him made sure they put him in the most Muslim infested jail. I'm sure they'll do the same this time because they got to make an example of people like him, myself, and these other people. And we've all got to be good little sheeple people and fall in line to Satan's system. That's what this is all about. So tell me, what does this verdict mean, not only for you, but what does this mean for the country? It probably means for me I'll go jail next week, which is unbelievable. I'll go jail for asking someone on the way into court as a journalist, how are you feeling about your verdict? That's all I've done. Yep. That's all I've done. That's all I did. It's a, the video's there for everyone to watch. That's all I've done. How you feel about your verdict? And I'll go to prison for the second time. Yep. And they know what that means. It means there is 
not only no freedom, because we know we've got no free speech, we know we live in a post-free speech era, there's now no free press. You're not even allowed to ask that question. You're not allowed to... I've been convicted for taking a photo of someone. Every, you, how many journalists took photos of me as I walked into court today? Also, the, one of the, the video they showed in court of the press surrounding you last time you were going into the Old Bailey and there was a BBC reporter. She asked you the exact same things. How are you feeling? So how should the press be feeling? How, what should they be thinking no, right they, now? They, they should be worried, but they're celebrating. They're all happy. Yeah. They're all happy. Because they're all on Team Evil, so they love it. They love the fact that he's going to go to jail and probably get killed in there. They love it because they identify, they can see the Muslims, that they're pure evil. They're, they themselves are pure evil, so it doesn't really matter if they have differing ideologies. As long as they're doing evil and wickedness, then we can identify, we're on the same team, and it's all good. It's insane, it's insane but you can see how corrupt they are because they don't even have a report. Every one of them run the same headline. They're all in the same club. They're not, they're not reporters, they're activists. They're not reporters, they're not journalists, they're activists. I'll just, um, yeah. And so the next hearing for the sentencing is gonna be on the 11th of July. Yeah. So what, what's the plan until then? What do you, where is your head at? What are you planning me, to do? I, I thought, I got told it'd be a jail for four to six weeks, which is why I'm upset because I thought if I go jail, I'll go jail at the start of September after my kids break up for school holiday for six weeks. Next week, oh, it's going to do my nine. You, you can tell he's fighting back tears. He's got a family, he's got children, and he probably knows this time it's going to be the last time. They, they will kill him unless God intervenes. And what's the plan for tonight? I'm going home, mate. I, I was going to be out tonight. I can't bother now. Yeah, yeah. And do you have any message for either your supporters or for the police or for the judges? Or for the media themselves? They've just, really, what they've done, if, what they don't understand is, they say that they're trying to restore faith with the British public in, in that the rule of law, uh, the, the, how things have to be done at court. They lost the faith of the British public when they unlawfully and illegally, in a, in a, in a flawed trial, put me in jail. They knew that left it open for me to sue them for millions because of what they've done. This prevents that now. I think that, yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I think that people in America, people in other countries should look on. Donald Trump, if you're watching, I've already said, give me asylum before next Tuesday, next Thursday. Trump ain't going to give him asylum. I reckon I'll get killed in jail. Nah. Well, I hope not. And I'm sure none of these people here hope that'll happen. And what do you, people are still, your supporters are still here surrounding and chanting Good. for you. What Praise do you have God. to say to them? I'm just grateful, man. I man he got a lot of supporters and praise God. And the, the, those supporters are a big reason he's alive as well, because... The, the the cops know the government their wicked evil sw sick twisted government knows that if they kill him he, they're going to turn him into a martyr and it's going to further um you know ignite that movement every day smiling everywhere i go i'm usually smiling because i've got a massive support base i know that this isn't as much this isn't really about me it's about silence and every one of them a movement grew that they feared a movement grew that they feared. They've took our ability away to even build that movement. Again, I'll probably be sent to jail next week and they know that the ability to form a movement or talk about me is gone. You can't mention my name on social media. All this has been happening yeah. in the last 12 months. This is, what, this is what the UK is like. Coming to America already largely in part in Canada. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not saying it's, it's just not quite that bad here yet. But, um, you know, this is what they're bringing everywhere. Since I come out of jail and... Um, I don't know, it's just, uh, I just find it amazing. I find it unbelievable that I can be convicted when identical things, we showed an identical video of the BBC journalist asking the identical questions of me 
outside of court in an identical way, and I've been convicted, and she hasn't. And 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 in fact, I think yeah, I, I just think it's I just don't get it. When he, when he, even when he came, even when we quoted the law, the law, it's the law. <coughs> it's on their law website. I haven't broke the law. <coughs> I don't know. Here's what it is, isn't it? Well, I'm sorry about the I verdict said, today, and I wish you the best of luck. I'll have a yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a few moments at home, and then gee myself up for the fight, which will continue. We're going to try and appeal it. I said to my solicitor, we've got to, I have to appeal it because it is a matter of life and death. I generally believe if I go to jail, I'll get killed. And I believe that's intentionally what they want. Absolutely. I believe they'll let that happen. Also, from what I heard, there's, um, there's an, a free speech event going on next week. So how, how ironic is that, that you're going, you may be going to Prison. jail for I'll that? Going, they, yeah, I'll be going to jail next week for asking a... Muslim, convicted Muslim paedophile, how he feels about his sentence. <laughs> and the, let's get the facts. The facts are, I was not tried today, no matter what all the media say, with causing prejudice or jeopardising the trial. That, was not, that wasn't the charge. The charge was, I caused anxiety to the Muslims mm, by asking them questions. Yeah. Yeah? That was the charge. And the other charge was, I took a photo of them, which was unlawful. And the other charge was, I breached the reporting restriction. Everything I said that day was in the public domain. Every single word of it. Every word of it. And the law says um, that they can't prevent that. They haven't ruled on the law. They've ruled on politics. Oh, may God rain down his fury on this wickedness. That's all I have for today. And God bless you. And Lord willing, we'll see you in the next audio.